0: Hey Josh. Hey Nate, how are you doing this week?
1: I'm doing pretty good. Um, a friend of mine yesterday put up a really fun coding problem, and I got very distracted, and I just had to solve it. Thankfully, it didn't take <laughs> too long, but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's that's who I am. And it's like tossing, uh, I've been tossing
0: candy out there in front of Nate while he's trying to <laughs> focus on mowing the lawn or something.
1: <laughs> pretty, pretty much, pretty much, yeah, Yep. Yeah, I've been doing that. And then uh, I've been starting on texting ta- testing taxi SEO, so uh been having lots of fun with that. But uh how how are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um I feel like i take taking a lot of trips, but uh hmm. about to leave for Ohio for the handball tournament uh tomorrow, I guess. Yeah, today's yeah. Tuesday. So yeah, tomorrow I should probably start thinking about packing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> true uh true man. Eh? just you know wait to the last second to pack but like you you getting any work done this summer or are you just you know traveling everywhere
0: no i'm getting actually a lot of work done um
1: i think the biggest thing
0: yeah is a lot of it here is just me proxying a lot of team things so mm-hmm. i'm getting a lot of time to organize strategy and order of operations of things to execute on and then and working with individual team members on, like, sort of aligning on how they want to attack these certain problems. Um, yeah. So I feel like it's my job to frame the problem. <laughs> and uh, then they essentially come up with sort of more of the plan. And then we work on critiquing and aligning the plan together. And then they execute. So we're um, right. doing a lot more of that, which... Good. It makes it's it's an interesting. uh, It's sort of like watching your code work, right? So it's like Mm. you've set the parameters, you've designed the things, and then actually seeing it run in production. uh, That makes sense.
1: Yeah, and I guess it's like this whole thing of like you are slowly getting farther away from the actual implementation, and you are more dealing with the strategy and like guiding individuals instead of like guiding specific implementations.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, I think of it as like you are just. You're operating on a uh, like a further horizon, if that makes Mm. sense. So it's just like it's sort of like architecture, right? When you're working on architecture, really thinking about how am I setting this up so that in six months or a year or five years it's still relatively resilient, right? Mm. Um, You don't have to do that all of that at the beginning, but it's sort of nice, and sometimes. You know, we if you like to nerd and geek out on it and spend more time up (laughs) front, and some people like to, and some people don't. You know, some people are also more okay with tossing code away and rewriting and doing migrations, which personally I am not. So I'm much Mm. more of a. Yes, I will take a little more extra time to make to give it a longer horizon run, if that makes sense.
1: Yes, especially when you said migrations, that was a trigger word for me. It's like. you don't design your database well to start that's a very painful process yeah
0: yeah so uh but yeah actually it's it's interesting because i think it's more painful to certain people so Mm. so some people are not like "Eh, okay whatever uh but you know it might be more painful for them to be that person that built something that never gets used in that manner even though you designed Mm. it in right so like that might be more painful to be like we we gold-plated it. You know, you hear people say gold plate, And that c- probably sure, comes yeah. from, there's, like, extreme ends <clears throat> of these, of the spectrum. Um, yeah. It's just what is what is right, what feels right to that person, probably based on what they enjoy or what they really want to avoid in pain.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally, totally. <laughs> so, uh,
0: but yeah, I... <laughs> I know we're kind of talking in platitudes, but that's, that's what I've been working on is like kind of longer longer term, bigger, bigger things with referral rocks and pricing and packaging. I know we talked to Luca a few episodes ago. Mm-hmm. So that was actually, um, nice. I actually got to, and had a call with him maybe last week. We were just, he asked me yeah. some questions in general about like sales teams. So, um, mm-hmm. um, we hopped on a call and just kind of talked about kind of building sales teams and stuff like that. So been that's awesome. been Good.
1: Yeah. Get, getting around the, around the uh, searching for SaaS network, you know, all our, yep. yeah.
0: I am thinking about bringing on some other guests and I know it's sort of a, you know, we can open, open it up uh, <laughs> in turn of not open it up for all guests. But um, one of the people that I've been meaning to get on for a long time is, um, Colin uh don't even know how to say his name, Neandercorn hmm. or something. It's sorry, totally butchered it. But uh he he's the, the guy the founder of customer.io. Oh,
1: okay, yeah.
0: Um and I think he put out like a tweet last week and he said something along the lines of like, Hey, I'm about to do a do a presentation for some bootstrappers. Like what questions would you guys? Mm. uh wanna know and I asked him well, where's the event? I was like, because I'd want to attend. I like I love hearing uh he has a lot of good stories, he's built uh customer.io for many years. Um and mm-hmm. it's turning into a very very in a very strong position in terms of what the stuff they're doing. Um not to be confused with customer which <laughs> was uh Lucas but um customer.io uh and we got into an email or a messaging exchange. Uh, he, I think he's actually going to be at a microconf, like a, one of those local, I think yep. it's in Seattle. And that's where he's presenting yep. it. And I shot him a bunch of ideas for like things I'd like to hear. And I was like, but I'm not going to be able to attend. But if you're interested, you want to come up on the podcast. So uh. he said yes. And so uh, I have his email and I'll have to coordinate with you off the off the air and we can send him some Dates and times, if that sounds interesting to you.
1: Yeah, that sounds like fun. Cool. It's, uh, I think it's really neat to hear like people's stories. They always have like a different. Everyone seems to have a different path and different things that they look for. I think it's so great to talk to those people and see what they're all about.
0: Yep, hundred percent. So, uh, speaking of stories and paths, what do, what do you got today? Mm. What are your stories and paths?
1: My stories and paths. Um, <laughs> well, I've been working on testing taxi SEO um so last week i had got a few things together on the coding side uh, just to kind of take a stab at it and get things rolling and uh i had you know a very janky uh mv not even mvp something that i could run and play with and uh i shared it with you and your first response was okay you've got code so now you got to start marketing and uh <laughs> or something like that mm-hmm. and uh so i did start Started down the SEO ch- tunnel and uh, you know reactivated my a- a- hrefs account and started looking for different um, angles of where I could kind of come at it with SEO. So been diving deep into that and uh, having a lot of fun. Wrote my first article today. It's gonna get published a little bit later. Um, yeah. Cool.
0: Well, let, well, let's walk back walk that back a bit. So in terms of SEO, you. I don't know. Maybe when was it when you started talking with Jordan? Like, was that, uh, yeah. So six <laughs> months ago or so. I,
1: yeah, so I did, uh, I got Jordan to help me out on status list. Um, right. that was my first ever SEO like content writing. And previous uh, to that,
0: you were a total SEO skeptic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> totally. Because I tried some programmatic <laughs> stuff and it didn't work out and like, you know, programmatic stuff just generally doesn't work out that well for SEO. Um, But yeah, I had reached out to Jordan and he had kind of given me his like way of doing things. Um, And he actually did a bunch of the legwork for me. Like he had like this little consulting thing that you could pay for. Um, So yeah, I kind of started out over there.
0: Yeah. It's interesting because it's something, you know, obviously I've been beating the SEO drum forever um, and it's something that I have extreme confidence in, like, and that, Mm. and Yeah, and I guess, you know, you didn't in terms of, like, level of confidence or just level of, like, okay, I believe, yes, it works for you. I believe that you're 100% confident, but, but, I don't know. Could it work (laughs) for me? Or what is really behind the scenes? What is it really going to take? And it took, like, you know, a couple iterations of you, you know, doing some programmatic stuff, um, and then also talking more of a tactical, like, Mm -hmm. strategist, because, I yeah. can only tell you what we did, but that's not the same as yeah. what would work for you per se. So.
1: Yeah. And so that actually was really helpful to to hear Jordan's take. I think he has a course now. He doesn't do the consulting anymore. Cause I looked for uh testing taxi to see if he could do that for me again, but you um, ask him
0: anyway. Like yeah, I I just, could, yeah. he just may yeah. not list it. Right. Just yeah, he okay. wants his main CTA now to be the course. Right. But uh, sure, yeah. I'm sure he'd probably be willing to entertain yeah. something like that.
1: But anyways, I found it really helpful that, um, to kind of have his video to kind of get me started on the SEO stuff because he does this all the time. Right. And so he, he kind of has the high level understanding, like in a way that's like better than, you know, those SEO articles you read that are like, Oh, do these five hacks kind of thing. He's like, not that at all. He's like, I do this every day. Here's my approach kind of thing. Um, and so with, with, um, status list, it really felt like, it really felt like I was saying this on the pre-call. Like it felt like going for a run, like a really long run, like you know, like five k or something. And you've never run that far before. And so as you're going, you're like, this just feels forever. Like if I'm ever going to get like, to the oh, end, you're this is about horrible. When you first
0: started doing SEO yeah. for uh, for statisticians, after after getting Jordan's directions and like strategies, saying execute on this. Okay, just
1: yeah. And so like I'm going along the path and you're you're saying, Hey, keep going, keep going, this is worth it. And I'm like, I'm not seeing results and I don't like this and like <laughs> okay, I'll just do it anyways. And um yeah, it's really neat now because um I can look at that this the status list numbers and like traffic is really coming in. Like it's over a thousand clicks per twenty eight days. Um yes, and, clicks. Like, I know that. I, I think that's total clicks. The US clicks is <laughs> that yeah. one
0: I also deflated your bubble midway through. You're like, oh, it's going I was yeah. like, are you looking at US clicks or the world? And you're like, oh. I'm still enthused, but thanks for bursting my bubble, Josh. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. But um I think what's really neat is to look at like to see how that's working and like that's actually driving signups. Um like there's actually results coming out of that. And so now when I'm starting with Testing Taxi from scratch, it's not quite so scary or so monumental. It's like, hey, I've been here before. Um, This isn't quite so scary. The mile
0: markers, you know, where there's uh, a cup of of, uh, water to refill you on your marathon, right?
1: Like, I know if I put my head down for this amount of time and produce this type of content, then, like, I'll probably be okay. Um, So,
0: yeah. Cool. So how long
1: did it take?
0: You know, there's that old wives tale that everyone says Mm -hmm. oh it takes three months so was it about three months i don't know
1: it was a little over um like it's been a long ramp um Mm -hmm. and so i think the first while was really like it was really slow to get started like even after i published a lot like i published really fast like i think i did like three weeks i did every day i published one article okay Um, wow that's kind of like i was spending like two or three hours to make that article um and then that took, it took a while for that to kind of catch. And there were certain things that I could tell when I did certain clusters that they really caught a little faster than others um, and like different approaches. And then, yeah, now it's like, you know, probably five or s- almost, almost six months probably later. And uh, yeah, now is when I'm starting to see like actual like signup results and that sort of thing.
0: Nice. Nice. All right. That sounds pretty good. So now you're like, okay, because you planted that tree kind of way late on the status list, like, you know, three years later or so, <laughs> started real <laughs> SEO efforts. And it, it doesn't, it, it's not to, you know, dog you on it at all, because I think your initial strategy for status list was use of the Heroku store as a mm-hmm. as a distribution strategy. So you had a distribution strategy in mind. Sure. It was yeah. just, you didn't have as much experience in SEO. And now that you do have some and seeing the results now it's like okay like time to plant mm-hmm. plant my tree today for uh testing taxi.
1: Yeah and then the idea being that like that stuff can grow while I'm working on the code and then uh you know the two can kind of catch up to one another at the right time hopefully.
0: Right and in the meantime you've been uh embedding in the community kind of involving yourself more in the community which I think is a great play because essentially now you're getting ideas and probably content and points of view and stuff to talk about. Right. So when you do now it may not, you can kind of go from both a where's their search interest and also where's Mm -hmm. there something, maybe I have something to say about it and more subject matter expertise on it. Like you can kind of combine, combine those things. Mm -hmm. You could even, I don't know, potentially like, you know, this can feed into, There could be a nice, it's not always perfect crossover, but there could be a nice crossover between the content you're doing on LinkedIn related to kind of the QA community and, you know, potential, uh, SEO posts and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. So kind of with that, I'm like trying to, um, yeah, kind of do two different approaches with that. Like the LinkedIn stuff is a lot more like just small hands-on, um, helpful hints, um, and mm-hmm. actually more, a lot more targeted at, um, very like less tech technical testers. Um, mm-hmm. and the SEO content that I'm doing, I'm targeting more at, um, programmatic S- or programmatic, uh, testers who like automated testers who have more, um, yeah, developer understanding and have more, um, you can kind of go more in depth on some of these things. Um, and there's a lot more search traffic around that. Um, a lot of the kind of thought leadership or, um, that sort of approach, that um, seems like there's a lot of people in that, and it doesn't really seem to resonate super well. Um, kind of, you know, the echo chamber of, well, I think this way and everybody should think like me kind of thing.
0: Right. Okay.
1: Cool. Cool.
0: So yeah, what's what, el- what else is going on with uh, Testing Taxi? Any other, what are the paths? We talked a lot about SEO and planting those seeds. So hopefully in mm-hmm. less than three months or maybe three months timeframe, we'll talk about how, uh, you could be harvesting from uh, some of those seeds.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think I'm really like the, for now I'm just kind of pushing on the SEO button. I'm going to do that for probably the next two or three weeks. And then, uh, yeah, after that, I'll, I'll work a little more on the product again. I've already kind of have like a roadmap for the product. Um, and then, yeah, once the, the SEO kind of comes in, we'll see how that goes. Um, there might be some more opportunity to do some more things on LinkedIn, um, if I want to go kind of more a social route with some of those things, see depending on how the SEO goes, um, kind of push on that. And other than that, I've just been um, yeah listening to podcasts of, from other founders, trying to soak up what I can and you know learn new things. Cool.
0: So um, I am interested to why you're why why do you decide to do more more advanced stuff for blog content versus you talked about kind of two audiences from the mm-hmm. SEO perspective. You're talking about advanced uh, programmatic, like more advanced um, maybe developer background QA yeah. people mm-hmm. or uh, versus sort of the earlier bound uh, manual testing and that type of front. So, yeah, because I know some things you're probably trying to develop in terms of from a product roadmap standpoint I don't remember if we've shared those on the podcast, or if you wanted to talk about those at all. But I almost see like those are two separate audiences, right? Mm-hmm. Like you've built a depth of automation stuff with Testing Taxi, but you are also thinking yeah. about some things for earlier, uh, earlier users. So, like, why, why yeah, not? So what, like, yeah. So, so why <laughs> not pick one? I'm, I'm, yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But why so not I pick guess the same the, one,
0: right? Like, because I feel like sure. earlier on your roadmap you're attacking earlier stuff, which I feel like yeah. is a bigger distribution funnel. Uh,
1: yeah. but um, So it feels like there's two groups here. Like there's the manual testers um, who are doing like a lot of like exploratory stuff. They don't generally know how to code. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's kind of the the more the automated testers who generally actually have a support background and have just kind of, they've moved in the developer direction, um, but they, they don't feel a lot of them don't feel confident enough to be uh, a developer. Um, They're kind of, you know, working on their skills and that sort of thing. And um, so I think like as I started, um, I really wanted to get the um, take a load off for the manual testers. And um, yeah, I kind of started in that direction and I found that I was able to get traction on LinkedIn fairly quickly with that. Um, whereas the more automated testers, they, they don't really seem to engage quite as much on LinkedIn, at least from my attempts. Um, and so that's why the LinkedIn is more, um, targeted at the manual testers just because like they seem it's, it seems to be easier. I I don't know how to crack the other nut yet. Um, not for lack of trying. Um, and then with the SEO stuff, um, when I looked for, um, terms that manual testers might be searching for. Um, there really wasn't much like there okay. wasn't a lot going on and the more technical side um, there was a lot more traffic there and it's right in my wheelhouse. Like mm-hmm. to talk about developer stuff that is like, I can jump on that in two seconds. And so um, there is from what I can tell, there is a place for a um, someone with a, a deep technical background to speak to some of these testing like kind of mixed the testing and the technical stuff together. Okay. Um, and so that's kind of where i come from with that. I don't know okay. if you have a suggestion on how to do it better, but that's kind of what no, I thought. No, 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 so that far. makes
0: that makes sense cuz I know we're yeah, you know, we're talking about kind of slicing two sides of a coin, right? Like you've got this you know one audience that is sitting on like LinkedIn and probably is engaging and is trying to learn and has a lot of questions and they're trying to more or less figure stuff out and then there's the more advanced group mm-hmm. that has stuff figured out. But their their questions probably aren't gonna be as fruitful being asked on potentially on LinkedIn or they are doing other searches or are are more aware like they could identify their problem better, right? So they're they're gonna mm-hmm. be more solution aware. So they're looking for more automated terms or looking for more of like, you know, how can I do this faster. Right. And this other group is how can I do this at all? Right. And they may not be asking mm-hmm. in, in, uh, you know, the one's maybe searching for like, what are the, how should I test a button? Right. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know, maybe they are, I, I, uh, uh,
1: from what, from what Atres is telling me they they aren't. Um, and I think it's kind of the approach is different. Like, I think the manual testers are, they happen to be on LinkedIn and, they're looking for um like just nuggets that they can mm-hmm. kind of latch onto. They're not, they're not really actively looking either. I don't think, I think they just, Oh, there's a nugget there. Cool. Like, you know, and carry on. And right. so there's kind of a, a less, less intent there where I think the, the more technical testers, they are searching out for like, okay, how do I use this framework to do this thing that I want to do? Or like, which framework should mm-hmm. I choose when I have these 10 options and like why and like what are the trade-offs and that sort of thing. Interesting.
0: Okay. Um, Cause there's another, it's funny. Um, I think you've seen um, Amanda Natividad's stuff. Have mm-hmm. you seen her, her stuff on like either Twitter or, or LinkedIn? She had a post recently that was talking about two content marketing like ideologies one was around seo and this other one she's saying is more about um is more about like i guess so the two the two sides are more about like uh, one is seo as the distribution and the other one has social media as the distribution mm-hmm. um we'll link to it in the show notes but you could look it up pretty quick or i can send you a link to it but it was interesting because it had this nice table and it makes me think of like I've been playing the SEO strategy. You've been play you've been playing the SEO strategy, and that's fine for when people are solution aware and it's like they're looking for more specific terms. But from a broader sense, what are people talking about but they're not necessarily searching for? Right? It's sort of like, okay, this becomes more opinionated content or branded content. Maybe it's like these tips, if no one is searching for them there, if they're if someone is searching. There's not a huge volume or for whatever the Mm cultural or social reasons, they're like just looking for those link nuggets on LinkedIn. I don't know. Um, But those play into a different sort of content flywheel, right? Where, Oh, for sure. Right. So that content flywheel may be more of like, that's where some of your content could be these nuggets on testing in social. But then it's like, Oh, but then if you want to see my, 50 point guide, I have a blog post on that and, or I have a newsletter mm-hmm. or whatever else. And that becomes like a different strategy, all based on an audience first approach on where, where they're sitting and what they're looking for. Right. So, yeah. Um, and there's two approaches yeah. and you can't, you could do both mm-hmm. probably too much, right? Sure. Now. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but, but you can plant the seeds for the SEOs to see what comes out of it too. So, and then, and then look to this, you know, potentially uh, the social side the social content flywheel a bit later.
1: Yeah. Cause I think the, the social content is a lot lower intent, like you were saying. And so I think that there is um, it'd be more work to get people from that low intent to like a purchase. Um, whereas I think the higher intent, I think there's a better likelihood of serving those people um, just because they're already actively searching for solutions to specific problems. Um, and also there's also the whole like, if you're on social, you're on someone else's yard, so to speak. So you have to play by their rules and like, you know, maybe they're going to charge you lots of money to show your content or something like that. Um, so there's definitely some, some trade-offs there that make social a little bit less appealing. Um, but yeah, it's, I think something, uh, to keep in the back, back pocket. Yeah.
0: Cool. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and again, you just kind of got to, half of this goes back to like what you're confident in doing it. And you've built a nice, you know, level of confidence of doing the SEO stuff. And again, if if there are people searching for stuff that ultimately could convert into a customer for you as a paying customer of testing tax, then yes, let's let's plant those seeds, so to speak. So,
1: mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Did you have anything else to add?
0: Um not entirely. Um trying to think of what else we have in this area. Yeah, you you said you listened to that uh podcast I suggested as well? Like uh Yeah. You want to talk about that uh, a bit too cuz that again came into sure. this whole you're posting stuff and I'm like, "Ooh." You know Josh, <laughs> like like we were talking about in the last episode about uh, um storing these design inspiration and in these d- little things like I'm always out in the world looking at podcasts yep. and reading different things. And I'm like, Ooh, does this hit on something that is related to Nate? And then you know, of course, then I
1: yeah, yeah. send it to you. So. Yeah. So there was, there was one uh, thing that kind of came up, um, which was like, how good does an MVP need to be? Cause I was listening to like, there's the common wisdom is, you know, I'll just ship it. Right. Like as long as it does the function, who cares? Um, but something that like, This person that I was listening to on a podcast kind of raised was like, well, it actually needs to be somewhat good because you're asking people to change their workflow a little bit and, um, it has to be able to solve that problem for them and like probably do it reasonably well because otherwise they're going to just, they're just going to leave. Right. Um, and so, you know, like the MVP actually does need to be a bit polished. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know where to fall on that. Like, I think it's got to have some level of goodness. Um, but yeah, where does the level of goodness fall? I don't know.
0: That's <laughs> um, tough. Cause like, you know, you can go from different points of knowledge of like people saying releasing stuff early. If you haven't, you know, if you're not embarrassed about it, or like, haven't released fast enough or, or, or whatnot. Um, it, I, to me, it, t- depends on uh de- depends on the value you're delivering right like and what you want to prove out of that mvp like what is really the you know i guess that's where the word is, is like minimum viable product and maybe mm-hmm. it's more of like you know what are you trying to accomplish out of it so it's sort of do you want people to like is is this tool you have a thesis around this right so whatever Mm -hmm. you're trying to prove out you know how can you how can you prove it out quickly so if it is some brand new fandangled type of thing that no one has ever seen before then you know you want to prove that that actually provides value for someone or is interesting enough to download is interesting enough to engage and log in more than once or twice right so Mm -hmm. that's that's sort of where I look at first now the other part is, like, how good does it have to be to, like, launch publicly and, like, do a lot of effort behind an ad campaign, behind a, mm-hmm. you know, product hunt launch, or maybe you have built up an audience on LinkedIn for testing stuff and you want to be like, finally, I'm debuting X, right? So, yeah, that at that point, you know, because you're drawing a lot of attention to yourself, like... You know, if the intention yeah. is to get engaged users, then yeah, you probably want it to be a little more polished and, and ready. But if it's just testing out the early parts, yeah. I think that's a you want to just
1: narrow in on what your objectives are. Yeah. Yeah. So I've kind of my thought with this is that I'm going to um, I'm going to use this software like in my workflow for a while, like, I don't know, a couple of days before like once I get it to the point where I'm happy with it. Um, and I've already been using actually the really janky version that I have. And uh, yeah, just using it so that I can discover what sort of oddities happen, what sort of things like I need to polish on it. And then um, probably, probably go to just a round of like friends, um, friends using it um, or like just people that I'm associated with um, before kind of publicly putting it out there. Because I think in the past, I've been quick to push out And then there's like crickets and it's like, well, like, and then, you know, later on you find out there's some quirk that, that I should have, you know, caught or something like that because I didn't use the product enough or whatever. And uh, yeah, I think I'd like to do that better this time. Just get a little better before pushing it out. And like, not that I would delay it a lot, but just to uh, yeah, make sure that I like it before uh, just pushing out what I have.
0: Okay. So (laughs) All right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense of having make sure it's sort of the the dog fooding aspect of it first, um, and Mm -hmm. then a small group before you start to get public, more public. I I don't know, people, what people consider a beta and what they don't, right? So it's sort of (laughs) internally, you're on the alpha, and you're kind of testing it out yourself. And then it's like, then friends and family, and then it's sort of like, you know, public or private beta or whatever else.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the like the I have pivoted like in the last the last uh last couple of weeks. I think we may have talked about it on the previous episode in very general terms, but um basically like testing taxi previously was a you know test everything for you and it's magic kind of thing. Um but really now it's pivoted to uh it's a Chrome sidebar. Um we'll have a Firefox one eventually too. Right. Um, but it's um, yeah, just like a little uh, test assistant, you know, help help people do better a better job at testing. Um, do a few um, give suggestions in plain English of how to test things. Give uh, you know copyable text so they can use for you know SQL injection or like a right. ginormous string like that sort of thing. Um, so I have like a little. If you look on my website, you can see exactly what it'll look like. But uh, on the sidebar right now, I have the live working version that I. You know, duct tape together last week, and right. uh, so I'm having lots of fun with that.
0: Cool, yeah. So that brings like some context to what we've. I realize we've been talking, we've been dancing around the thing because you and I both know what we're talking about, but maybe we haven't been uh, very uh, helpful to the audience. So, right, like this kind of brings back to where you know maybe ten minutes ago, or so I was talking about the SEO and about your two audiences, and mm. I feel like this Chrome plugin is very adapt to the early like manual tester audience, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. how can you give them superpowers? How can you help them with tips along the way? And some of this you're already doing on LinkedIn by just talking about different ways of testing certain things, which basically <clears> is like content directly for your plugin. And like, oh, you, hey, you looks like you're trying to test a button. Do you know you can yeah, do yeah. this, this, and this, you know, types yep. of stuff. So, um, and then also you brought up about two minutes ago about you manually dog fooding your own thing. So now hopefully people can put this in their mind and uh, <laughs> some, some context to what we've been talking about, but that was, like you said, one of the more recent uh, iterations or ideas of, uh, you know, potential distribution strategy, potential tool that mm-hmm. essentially almost becomes the interface I would think for testing taxi because if they know about testing taxi now it's about these back end automations that are running tests for you Um, Mm -hmm. but it's also like okay how else can I get you know what is the interface someone's going to be interacting with Um, and now you're kind of gluing these things together which I think is really great honestly because like um, the uh, that podcast episode I recommended was talking about um, was it jam
1: yeah I think it was jam.dev uh, they do right. like a, a similar extension idea for bug reporting.
0: Right. So they go down this other tunnel of like a user, a, a QA person. And I think they're, we're on one side of the coin, you're looking at how can I test, how can I help the QA tester uh, essentially do a better job on manual testing and then maybe add some automations to them. And this other one is like, oh, Jim is like when something goes wrong. What am I actually delivering to the uh, developers Developers, yeah. um, in terms of, in terms of like, here's the, the, like the logs, here's the, what happened in the, what do you call those? Um, the console. Chrome. Was it like the debugger console log? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. here's all the stuff. Here's like any of artifacts. So you don't, you don't have to necessarily recreate it yourself. Because mm-hmm. most of the time when you're submitting a defect, it's like, I did the, here's the 10 steps I did. In this account log into this, it's like, that's half a job. But if, uh, you can speed that up and actually give them a snapshot of like what was going on, it may be Mm. a lot easier for to pass off a defect or potentially get a fix faster.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I should say that even this, this pivot too is from talking to potential customers, and yeah. so that's something that I've been kind of, I kept keep pushing on, um, just trying to find more people to talk to in the community. And, uh, yeah, that's another thing I haven't done super well in the last number of times. So, um, yeah, we'll see how that pans out. Cool.
0: Cool. Um, one other nuance I'd like to add, you know, again, further research for you to look at too, is a post I saw this week on, on, on LinkedIn to where it was a product marketer and they were talking about. The differences between, you know, everyone, I wouldn't say everyone, but most people in product, the product marketing world. And I know you've looked at that one from a mm-hmm. uh, research <laughs> standpoint and two, just more often with working on copywriting and, and whatnot, but voice of customer, right? So not an yeah. uncommon term you've heard before, uh, but they were talking about homepage optimizations and they're like, here's what voice of customer is. Yes. This is why it's great but actually what you should be focusing on for your front page and also thinking about for your actual distribution and getting engagement is voice of prospect. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's an interesting nuance. I like that because most of the time people are using the word voice of customer just fluidly, and it could mean early customer. It could mean like on the end of the spectrum of a like successful customer, but that's ideal customer that's been with you for X years. Like you're trying to emulate who are the high paying customers and then find more of those. And all of these have, I guess, different strategies in mind or insights in mind for what, but like when someone says voice of customer, but they're really talking about voice of prospect, those are two totally different things. Cause those are like, and that kind of almost, we're talking about your two different audiences as well, which I think is, is interesting. So your voice of prospect may be more of these like manual testers, even though eventually like, you know, the stuff you're building, that could also be, you're talking more about like ideal customer, you know, successful customer that's already aware and is going to use these uh, automation services. But, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. your prospect and other, where's that crossover?
1: Yeah, totally. And it's like that whole speaking to people where they're at, right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, speaking to the right people too. And, there's a, there's definitely a lot of nuance there. I think you could really, uh, it's, it's one of those things too, where it's like, how deep do you go into a specific area? Right. Because you could go really deep into making sure the voice is right, but you got to make sure that the content is right too. And then you got to make sure that there's a good product to back it up and all these things. Right. Um, yeah, right now
0: it's super nuanced.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, feels like there's like a million ways to optimize. Like if you, if you really think about it.
0: Yeah, there is. And it's funny because like we're going through our own internal exercises right now with messaging and other pieces. And there's Mm -hmm. all this realization of like we always have to go back to the context and be like, who are we talking to? Let's make sure Mm -hmm. even between you and me as we're working on a worksheet that we're talking about the same audience because it's easy to drift and start thinking about, oh, well, I'm optimizing for this guy. And I'm like, oh, I'm optimizing for this other guy. And they are similar <laughs> in these ways, but not exactly right. So, yeah. Um, and the medium matters too. So, like, mm. what you could say on a sales call and what you would put on a web page copy, oftentimes are not the same things. Like, yeah, I could tell you, like, if you read on a website, hey, this thing does ten times your revenue, right? Yeah, you'd be like, yeah, right, right. Like, if you're reading <laughs> on a website, but if I'm talking to you about it and I'm saying, hey. Yeah, we can do 10 times revenue. And you might be like, yeah, right. Well, but who? Let me show you. And I'm like, oh, great. Yeah. Hey, these are some yeah. customers. These these are some things. And it becomes more believable in conversation than maybe it does like just reading on a web page. Um, so yeah. anyway, you can go on and on, <sighs> on these little nuances, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, I think we're uh, getting good. close to our normal time. So
1: Yeah. Well, it's been, uh, this has been a lot of fun, Josh.
0: Cool. Yeah, we've a good. We'll drop some of these references in. I think there's a lot of things we cited uh, mm-hmm. in this episode in the show notes, and um, yeah, it'll be interesting what we title this one. Uh, probably <laughs> something with SEO, and probably something related to MVPs and audiences. I don't know. There's a lot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we could just put it on untitled and get it crowdsourced.
0: Yeah. Somehow, I don't think anyone's going to click on that. Maybe Uh, our regular listeners. Anyway, talk to you later.
1: Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you want to chat with us, we're on Twitter. I'm at NateBosher and Josh is at JLogic. If you're a new listener, uh, check out some of our most popular episodes episode 52 Seven Years to 22 MRR and Zombie Startups or episode 30. Review sites are a necessary evil and hacks to get around them. Thanks again.